When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, Cassie. You woke up this Got yourself a gun. Love this song. Was this a hit before the Sopranos used it? I've never heard so. it before the show. I never did either. I think they made it. Welcome to the family with... Doug Sprinthal. Andy Bernard. And Melissa Bernard. We have Taylor Tomlinson coming up. We got Doug Sprinthal and Car Selling Secrets coming up. All we do is give, Just give, give. It's going to be a great day. It's unbelievable. We'll be right back with the family. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Need a job, Tom? Tired of talking? I do, yes. Yeah, you don't. You wouldn't have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. It was 3 o'clock this morning. Yeah, you could sleep in until like 7.30 or so. We are hiring salespeople. Wait a minute, we're looking for for people with good, positive attitudes and people skills. Never mind. So not Tommy. <laughs> That's right. Buy the car. Get the goddamn car. <laughs> yeah. Was that used cars? That's the name it of the movie. Get the goddamn car. I bet my favorite was when Larry <laughs> David was trying to sell Toyotas. Oh, God, that was great. He pulls the guy aside and he goes, are you quit effing with my S? Anyway, we don't sell cars like Larry David does. Uh, we don't negotiate. It's a paid training program. It's a salaried position. It's really fun. I got into the car business accidentally. God, it's closing in on 40 years. Can you believe that? 1983 was when I started. God, you were only six. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Wasn't even shaving yet. For more information, you can go to walzer.com, hit careers, or you can always email me at doug at walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We're rocking out, man. I just showed something to Dougie that I have to show to you guys because where the world's headed right now is just its becoming laughable, for Christ's sake. Mm. Laughable, I say. Um, okay, there it is right there. Read what that says on the air, Andy. Oh, yeah, I saw that. National Archives slaps harmful content warning on Constitution. On our, the U.S. Constitution it's is harmful language. On now. the Bill of Rights and another oh, one. Oh, for God's sake. Yep. Well, it's because <sighs> the new fad is to put AI in charge of absolutely right. everything. Bad Literally idea. everyone is doing it, even though AI is still crappy yeah. and still really should not be in charge of anything. So what they did is they put an AI in charge of finding harmful content. That's exactly right. And you were just talking just about that. Automa- no one actually put that label up. It was just some AI that did it because we- they – I mean, I'm surprised the AI could even read the Constitution, to be honest. It's not exactly a super legible document unless you know e- old-timey cursive. Your That's dad true. and I were just talking about this before the show started. I got yeah. kicked off Facebook for making fun of a friend of mine who's a German drummer. I said, oh, you crazy Germans and your polkas. And that was labeled hate speech <laughs> yep. by an AI. Now, yep. to speech. their credit, I said, I'm, I'm challenging this. And then an hour or two later, I get a little note saying, yep, we looked it over, we get it. They're pretty good at reversing yeah. the dumbass AI's decisions, but they still shouldn't be putting it in charge of making these decisions. Yeah. It's just not there. Yeah, maybe that's right. But but not that I'm a big Facebook defender, but can you imagine what a cesspool I, would be if they yeah. didn't have filters? <laughs> oh, man. That is true. That's true. What is this AI that's assholes incorporated? Right, that's right. <laughs> this exactly. AM radio midday, guys. Yeah. Amplitude <laughs> eodulation I mean, there's for those a, radio There's people. a lot of things that people say that don't get marked. That is oh, true. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, those people should be banned because they... They they strategically word things to be a major jerk. Yep. And then still yeah, somehow get you, away with it. You took a little FB break, didn't yeah, you? She did. Did somebody sure go did. after you? No, I just Had this enough? whole Texas abortion thing is just blowing up all yeah, over my literally my all anyone talks about on social media. And it's so like it's, it's only like it's only the extremes. There's no middle ground right, meeting. Right, and I'm just yep. tired of looking. It's not even like nobody went after me. And I had good, any conversations I had with people were decent conversations. Um, but it's just because uh, I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like, eh, you're a loser for believing that. Like, I don't do that. Like, what everyone right. else does. Um, but I just, it's constant. I mean, constant. That's all I see. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make it fun. To go on Facebook because I like to see pictures. Right. And I like to see dog videos and cat videos, and like, that's why I go on Facebook is to, you know, see what other people are doing in the in their life and watch funny stuff. Yeah. That's what I use it for. But yeah, when it's all just political garbage, then I'm just like, eh. Nah, uh, somebody don't want posted it. an article about Amy Klobuchar having 
breast cancer and right. having a biopsy and chemo and stuff like that. And the comments were just unbelievable. Yeah. Hundreds of them. Like, what do you mean? POS, what a loser. Yeah. Democrats killed the Marines in Afghanistan. It's just like... What does that got to do with their cancer. breast cancer? <laughs> I know. Oh, well, anytime anyone gets oh. mortally ill, oh. someone's going to be going on social media telling them that it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's just right. like because everyone is hated by someone, no Nobody matter what they you, do. hate you, Andy. It's because I don't have any opinions. Uh, uh, you have plenty <laughs> of opinions. I'm true neutral. He has right. plenty of opinions. I just don't share them. Let me I just tell you something, Buster. In Melissa. <laughs> I, exactly. I uh, had a long conversation with the people over at My Pillow. Mm-hmm. They think you're like Jesus walking. Okay, so don't give me that crap. Really? I don't know why that would be. Well, he's the nicest man. He's nothing like you. To <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jesus by comparison. By I see. Jesus by comparison. No, they're big fans of yours over there. They love you. Well, he, he finds finds all the weird glitches and helps them fix it. So that is true. I'm sure that is helpful. What glitch on glitches on what? I've just been... It's not voting machines, is it? <laughs> yeah, voting machines, no. exactly. The official MyPillow voting machine. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just put your head on it? That's how that's you right. vote. For yep. the best election in the whole wide world. If the drooler the runs out of the left side of your mouth, you're a Democrat. Exactly. There you, I like it. There you go. That makes sense. Gosh. Well, I didn't know you were helping them out with stuff. That's good. Well, just every so often something happens Some, with the website yeah. and I tell them or whatever. Good plan, Pally. That's all I know. Now, they're they're really, really nice people there. But, you know, mm-hmm. they, no, they do. They I was just talking to Dawn yesterday, and she said very nice things about you. I said, are we talking about the same end? <laughs> As it turned out, we were. You know, hey, on our good. drive here, though, it's kind of cool. We, we drive by this uh, house, and it always says. Oh, yeah, says, that's right. If for a while it said frankspeech.com and like yeah some guys just like uh hand painted sign yeah huge letters save america frankspeech.com and then there's like hey maybe he's heard us yeah and then there's another one now what does it say now uh he changed it to something but i don't remember Something america back to the real america or something something like that but yeah he posts all he just puts these huge signs out and it's all like based on my pillow stuff i think we have taylor on the phone i believe taylor tomlinson god is it really wednesday already <laughs> what do you think of that sister good morning good morning good morning sounds like you're really fired up taylor oh my gosh i'm so fired up as usual you're the first person i'm talking to today <laughs> oh, Scott, i'm the first person you talk to every day you're the only reason I guess maybe I'm the only reason you get up before noon. Is that the plan? That's true. You are the only person I will get up for before noon. Thank you, my dear. Okay, i got to read something because I just don't think that people understand what a big shot you are. Deal with it tour, and in particular the third show, which has been added at the Pandagia Theater on Thursday, September 16th, a week from today. You can purchase tickets at ttomcomedy.com. That is ttomcomedy.com. Taylor Tomlinson, due to the over... Now, are you ready? You ready for this part, Taylor? I'm ready. Give it to me. Due to the overwhelming demand, Taylor's Deal with the Tour has added a third show at the Pantages Theater on Thursday, September 16th at 7 p.m. The outrageous demand. Overwhelming demand, it says. <laughs> you know what? I Here's what I appreciate about you. You always make me feel like a big shot. 
Well, so it should be. Whether or not it's true or not is debatable. But you always make me feel that way, and that's what I appreciate most about you. Well, the Taylor, adjective. But Taylor, didn't you sell out like six thousand, seven thousand seats? That's a pretty big deal to me, I would guess. It's true. You know what? You're right. And this is this feels like a therapy session for me, honestly. This is great. Where you're like, but I mean, objectively, you did sell a lot of tickets, right? And I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. Thank we'll you see. so much. There you go. How many? Uh, how many you people? know, we sold out. We sold out a couple shows on the 17th, so we added a third one on the 16th uh, at the Pantages, and I'm so excited. No, uh, and I, I've already talked about this. Pantages Theater is absolutely gorgeous, beautiful theater. I know, I'm so excited. I just did Seth Meyers oh, yeah. um, last week, whatever, and he filmed his special Lobby Oh no, he didn't film his special. Did he film his special? I believe he filmed his special Lobby Baby there. This is a great special, and it looks amazing. It and is. it made me that much more excited to come out there. One thing I would say is when you go in uh, and it's still light out, you'll be fine. But when you come out, make sure you got a bodyguard with you. Oh, really? Well, any metro area in the, in the United States of America now, any metro, any downtown area, you don't want to be by yourself if you're a woman. I mean, you don't want to be anywhere by yourself if you're a woman. No, I suppose, yeah. I I suppose that's true. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. I La- certainly alone not not downtown not on my deathbed i'd like to have someone there not uh, on your deathbed you don't want to be alone seen. on your deathbed i can understand that <laughs> so... is uh is that theater haunted would you say well they claim they're all haunted because pantages for years was a movie theater obviously as was the state theater which is right across the street the orpheum theater uh started out as a Vaudeville. I think Pantage started out as a vaudeville theater too. I believe. I think it did, Tom. <clears throat> so I mean, they were they were all all along Hennepin Avenue. There used to be, oh my God, there must have been ten movie theaters at one point with, with the Gopher Theater and the Skyway. You're talking theater. about the nickel movie theaters. Those don't count. No, 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 no. This is when I was a kid. You're right. They were only a nickel then. But the World, the Academy, there was the State, there was the Orpan, there were tons. And they've turned a lot of them now into performance centers, which is really great. Uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing, no doubt. Now, when, when are you getting to town? What's that? But you think there's maybe some vaudeville ghosts? Oh, that's what I think, absolutely. And I think they're coming to get you, Taylor. I really do. <laughs> I mean, look, I can't wait. I'd love to have a ghost story. I've never seen a ghost. I haven't either. Now, how did you grow up? What Did you grow up in a particular, like, uh, faith, religion, any kind of family feeling about the ghost and afterlife thing? Yeah, I grew up very Christian. So I remember, like, I think I was in, like, fourth grade. The kids at my school just, like, decided there was a ghost in one of the bathrooms mm-hmm. that nobody used. Like, that's, that's all you needed when you were a kid to think there was a ghost somewhere. And you're like, nobody's been in there in a while. And then, and then there's a ghost floating around in there. Uh, and for some I think I don't know if I asked my parents if there were ghosts or something. But when you grow up really religious, you can't ask religious people, are there ghosts? Because they'll be like, no, there aren't ghosts. But there are demons oh, yeah. pretending Let's... to be ghosts. Sure. Which is like so much worse. I couldn't agree more. Taylor, one thing I could do I have to explain to you, and the reason I asked you that about the faith in the first place is because I like women like you. My wife is a very strong woman as well, and so was my mother. I have a couple of sisters, my mother. 
But my mother was an ardent Roman Catholic. I mean, she was a big-time Catholic. There's no doubt about that, right? <clears throat> so the last time I ever saw her before she passed away, she'd be 101 years old now if she were still alive. But uh, the last time I ever saw her, she stuck her hand out to hold my hand as she was in bed in the, in the hospice. And she always talked about how, how she loved the Virgin Mary. She just thought, because, you know, he had a woman that was deity, so that was my mother's deal. I'm a very strong woman, so the real tough deities were, were, were the women to her, which I thought was fantastic. And as I'm holding her hand, she looks up at me and goes, Tommy, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to see you. And I said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She goes, I'm not going to live much longer. This might be the last time I ever see you. And I said, well, if you don't see me again, remember this. You've always loved the Virgin Mary, so you get to actually, if you don't see me again, at least you get to meet the Virgin Mary. She paused and looked at me and said, yeah, well, don't give me that. <laughs> you know, B.B. King once said, everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah, huh? exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Grandma had a deathbed reverse conversion. Yeah. If you had the reverse conversion, yeah. Taylor, on the deathbed, the reverse con- I don't believe that crap. I was just lying <laughs> to you. Like, okay, Mom, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. But, yeah, Taylor, you, you have that strong personality, which I really – I love strong women who just tell you to go screw yourself. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's definitely how I'm going to be on my deathbed. It's just like, save it. All right? <laughs> save it. Just save it. I think it's a Give great me a pudding cup and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can I bring you a pudding cup? Although you're probably going to outlive me since I'm, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years older than you. But other than that, you know. Other than that, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. So have you been working? Now, <laughs> you're coming into town a week from today. Your first show is a week from tonight, as a matter of fact. Now, how many days do you have to appear before? I assume you're appearing somewhere this weekend. How many shows a week do you do, live shows? I mean, it depends. I'm in Oklahoma City right now, and so I've got a show tonight and two Friday and two Saturday. So I've got five this weekend. And they're my last ones in comedy clubs for a little while, obviously, because this this show on the 16th at the Pantages is the first one of the theater tour, um, which is very, very exciting. So this weekend, and then uh, next week the tour starts. So I'm uh, I'm going to try to enjoy my last moments uh, of low pressure club gigs, where people maybe don't expect you to be as good as they do in a theater. I'm 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 hoping that people who come on the 16th are uh, are aware of the fact that it's my first one because they might. I don't know if they're going to get. Um, I was thinking, you know, oh, they're going to get the first one of the tour. Maybe it won't be that good. But I actually think they might get the best show of the tour because I'll be the most nervous about doing a bad job. So I'll, like, really kick it into high gear and probably be the best I'll be the entire tour. Yeah, but you've never done a bad job, so why are you worried about that? You know what? You're right. Again, (laughs) You're absolutely correct. I've never failed once. Never. Never in your life have you ever felt. See, what you need to do is just, you know, whenever you feel a little down and you went, ah, I don't know if that was a great night, but just, just think, no, no, Tom would tell me to go screw myself. Just think about that. And you'll, you just never fail then. You'll never fail. 
I'm going to picture you going, don't give me that. Yeah, <laughs> don't give me that. While holding my hand like my mother and be magnificent. How long are your shows for people that want to go? I already bought tickets, obviously, for the September uh, 10th shows. Um, no, it's going to be September 10th. I'm a week off. I'm on with today's date. But in any case, so you got you got dates on the, the 16th and the 17th. You have two dates. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I got that right. How long is your show? When Like Thursday night, the 16th September. People are going to come, 7 o'clock. And um, what's the plan? How long does your show go? Do you have an opener, first of all? I do have an opener. His name's Dustin Nickerson. He's very, very funny. Uh, and so if you don't like me, you'll definitely like him. And but again, but again, I've never failed at anything. Exactly. So I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, but yeah, whole show is probably an hour and a half. Really? I mean, that's a lot of work, Dob. How long did it take you to put together an act? That, so yours, I, I assume, would be about 45 to 50 minutes. Is that right? Yeah, about an hour. How long does it take you to put an act together? I mean, an hour on stage is a long time to be on stage. Uh, how long did it take you to put together that uh, that 45, 50 minutes, hour? How long did that take you to put it together? I mean, it depends, but my quarter-life crisis special on Netflix, like, that was the result of years. Uh, right. This one, the result of the last couple years, I guess. Um, so, yeah, usually I feel like most people record specials, like, every couple years at most. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, that probably is true. But, I mean, I don't think people really understand. For some reason, I think a lot of people assume, well, I'm going to see Taylor Tomlinson on uh, on Thursday, September uh, 16th. And, you know, I'm sure she just gets up there and ad-libs the entire. A lot of people think that comedians don't work. They're just they're just going to get up there and spew things, and you're going to laugh. A lot of people think that, you know. That's so crazy to me. I mean, I think it's, I think it's more understood now. Yeah. That not that, but I especially like I will post like crowd work clips on my Instagram, and sometimes people think that that's a lot of your show is right. just you talking to the crowd and just making stuff up. And what they don't realize is the show's mostly not that. Like there are nights I don't talk to the crowd at all. There are nights I talk to the crowd and the crowd's not funny. Like there's plenty of times that that's not what's happening. But you you can never do that again. So if you get it on tape, you want to post it because it's funny and it's not your act because you don't want to burn your act on social media and then right. everyone comes to the show and they go, this on Instagram. So yeah, I think in that way people don't understand that when you post you know, bits off the cuff that's, that's not a regular occurrence, you know? No, I mean, that makes total sense. I, 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 I really do wish people, because I've been lucky enough to be around comedy my entire life and, you know, worked with many different people and all that. I don't think people know uh, how tough it is to be a stand-up comedian, how, how hard you have to work, how many... I mean, sometimes, like, like you said, the first one took, what, a couple of years to put together, I think you said, right? I, people just don't know the comedians work that hard. No, I mean, and look, I'm not doing comedians any favors coming on your show and talking about how I sleep very late. Because uh, that doesn't sound like... <laughs> people don't realize, you're like, oh, no, I was up till 3. Like, I, you're up all night. I mean, I got to Oklahoma City last night at midnight. I got to the hotel at, like, one thirty. 
you know, it, there's no direct flight to this place from anywhere that yeah. matters. Yep. Like, it, it, the grueling part is traveling, and then the show is, like, the fun part. But also, shows are pretty draining. Like, doing two hours where you're just the only one talking in a room of hundreds of people right. is fairly exhausting. And you forget because it is your favorite thing to do. And then you're like, why am I so tired after doing these shows? Like, why am I so drained? And it's like, oh, because you just talked about yourself in a way that people would want to hear for two hours. Do people heckle you at all? Mm -hmm. The reason I'm asking you this is I I actually one time down at the Kravis Theater down in West Palm Beach went to see Dennis Miller. And if there, I'm not into doing that anyway, but if there was one guy I wouldn't heckle, it'd probably be Dennis Miller. (laughs) And uh, a guy kept heckling Dennis Miller. And this is a theater of 2,500 seats, 3,000 seats. It's a big theater. I, you should play Kravis Center. You absolutely should. Um, but in any case, he keeps heckling him. And finally, Dennis Miller stops, does not look at the guy, looks down at the podium and says, I'm sorry, sir, but I am absolutely incapable of human interaction. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Andy, you were at that show. I was. You didn't go. Mom and and I think, God, who went? Alex and Mom and I went. I went to a show there quite a while ago, but I don't remember who it was. You don't think it was Dennis Miller? It was when Paige was there. Was that the one? I don't think so, no. Well, then uh, apparently she took your seat. But it was, Taylor, I'm telling you what, I, I love the fact that he would not engage the guy or tell the guy to F off or any of the rest of it. He just put his head down, looked at the podium and said, would you just basically told the guy to shut the hell up without telling him to shut the hell up, which I really enjoyed. Do you, you, don't, you don't have to deal with that, do you? I mean, every once in a while, but I think that my crowds are pretty nice. Like yeah. clubs tell me that pretty consistently is like your your crowds are really really sweet people, and yeah, I I don't really get that very much. No. I'm surprised that anybody heckles in like theaters. I'm like you're in a nice place, right? There are thousands yeah. of people here. Like a club, I get it. I'm like, look, you pre-gamed, you're wasted, you're eating chicken fingers. It feels like you should be able to yell here, <laughs> but in a theater, I mean, man. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. When did you when did you film Quarter Life Crisis? How long ago? Uh, when did I film it, or when did it come out? No, when did you when did you actually shoot it? I shot it in November of 2019. Oh, so just before they shut everything down. Yeah, so about two years ago, it came out a week before everything shut down, and we filmed it like, I guess, like five months before. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there were some there were some whispers about it in December, but you know, not that big a deal. So basically, you got in, and it was because of you being so good on stage. You were so hot on stage that you set the entire town of Portland on fire. Is that what happened? That's exactly what happened. I Thank knew you it. so much for no. for putting. It. Yeah, as usual, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I'm, whenever you're nice to me, you are correct. Absolutely. Now, how, how was it? Uh, Portland is port. I I have never been to Portland, Oregon, but I would think it's probably a pretty pretty good comedy market, isn't it? Or it was. I don't know about now, but it was. I think. Oh, it's 
it's great. I love Portland. I've been to uh, Helium out there a few times, and that's why I oh, wanted sure. to film it in Portland. Because I think I got the tape that I sent to Netflix to convince them to give me an hour special at Helium Comedy Club in Portland. And so I think maybe there was some superstition involved as well, where I was like, well, this went well here once, so maybe it'll happen again. <laughs> But yeah, I love Portland. I think it's so such a good comedy town and uh, and like a great place to go as well. Because you know, sometimes you go to places that you're like, I'm not exactly looking forward to going sure. to that city. Uh, but the club's good. But I'm sure the shows will be fun. But Portland's like everything. It's like fun to go there, and the crowds are great, and the shows are great. Yeah, Minneapolis-St. Paul the same way. Minneapolis and St. Paul. Minnesota in general loves their stand-up comedy. We always have. I don't think before about 1986 they knew that, but uh, Minnesotans love their comedy. You're, you're going to have a great time. Well, you've been here before, but at a theater you're going to have an even better time. I don't think there's any question about that. By the way, who wrote your liner notes? Because, my God, I, was it like War and Peace or... I, I, you know, I've known you for a few months now, but I mean, my God, I didn't realize you were this special. How oh special is she, Tom? I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know, because when you have a special come out, your managers and agents are like, you have to hire a publicist. You have to hire this person to write your bio. And you're like, okay. And then two months later, every comedy club website has like a three-page essay about all the stuff you've done. And I'm like, I don't think anybody's reading these, you guys. Like, just do some bullet points to let people know I've been on television. What, like, what is this? It's, I know, it's so long. And I've tried to update it with shorter ones. And I think clubs get, like, one, they get one bio of you and they just use that forever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be 50 and they're going to be like, so you're 25? Like, it's, <laughs> it's really sick to me. Now, I have to read this because this is the kind of thing that's in her bio. Taylor Tomlinson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're talking uh, just a week from tonight, a week from tomorrow night, two shows. One, one a week from tonight, two a week from tomorrow night. I'm reading this verbatim. Quarter Life Crisis was named Best of 2020 by the New York Times, Decider and Paste. It earned unanimous critical praise with the Washington Post, calling her your favorite quarantine watch and Newsweek opining she is undeniably hilarious. How much did that cost you? Somebody's getting paid by the word. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they can't just send you a packet of all the positive articles that were written that oh. I was included in. So they do have to get it down to one sentence. This, I mean, look, this is, this is my worst nightmare, people reading this bio out loud to me. Good, so good. This is, I am deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, that's t Uncle Tom. I got you covered. Don't worry about a thing. Have a Minnesotan write it. It would sound like this. Taylor Tomlinson, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, that would be a Minnesota. That would be the whole review. You're Taylor right. Tomlinson is fine. Yeah. <laughs> See her, maybe. You could do worse. See her, maybe. <laughs> wow, how far we've fallen from you've never failed one. Man, <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. We have fallen from you've never failed ever to, ah, oh Christ. Careers destroyed in 20 <laughs> short minutes. Comes on the podcast with everybody just. Every, everybody right now who is like, I'm going to go to that show, is like, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm glad that <laughs> no, my no. commute no, is like, long enough to change my mind. You might know this, you might not know this, but it, it, it's absolutely true that 
Uh, I did not know this, but I found out much later. Uh, uh, Patrick Strait, a young guy, wrote a book about comedy in, in uh, comedy clubs in, in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I didn't know that no morning shows pretty much in America ever had stand-up comedians. They would have comedians who did movies and that kind of stuff, but they never had stand-up comedians on their show until we did in 1986. I didn't even know that. Well, considering she's 25, she probably wouldn't know that either. Well, no, no, I just mean, what I'm saying is is that uh, we just, well, look, I mean, I just think it's fantastic. Uh, I remember one time Ronnie White was coming on the show, and I, God, I haven't talked to Ron in years now, but, but uh, this is way, way back. He said, I got a, I got a show coming up at the, uh, at the State Theater or the Orpheum or whatever it was. By the time he was off the air, he had sold out six shows. So by the time this is over, you're probably going to have to do another show, sister. <laughs> I mean, let's hope so. Two from, on Thursday. From your lips to God. Are you loving it? You get, no, you, Taylor, you got to be loving this. No, you're 25 years old. Is that correct? No, I'm 27 now. That's right. You, you told me that you're 27 years old now. So what? that's got to be terrific because I remember being 27 years old and I was, you know, starting to achieve some stuff in life. Isn't it great being 27 and going, my God, I sold out three theaters full. Isn't that great? It is great. It is great. On my more confident days, it is great. And when I'm doubting myself, it's like, what? Who do you think you are <laughs> that you took this on? No. But then I talk to you guys, and you're like, you sold once. Don't worry about it. And then I talk to you guys for 20 more minutes, and you're like, meh. Man. And I go right back to where I was. No, no, that's not true at all. Well, your family supports your every move, doesn't it? My family? Does my family support my every move? Yeah. I mean, you're hilarious. <laughs> you, you remember the part where I grew up religious, right? You remember. Yeah, I remember. Three minutes. Oh, so you're, are you offending your family by being funny? Uh, I don't think it's my thing. Well, I started off really clean. Like, I started off performing really clean. Oh, okay. And then, you know, just sort of became a heathen. So I think that there was some disappointment on certain people's end. But then, you know, I have a lot of family who is very supportive. Um, like, my three siblings are super supportive of everything I do. That's great. And my extended family is pretty supportive. And, uh, you know, if, if your dad doesn't like it, it that's fine. You know, a lot of people's dads don't like what they do. <laughs> Gee, my hand just went up. Although he's dead now, so yeah. You know. Did your Did your dad not like what you did? My dad never liked me from the time I was two years old. <laughs> I'm, uh, Taylor, I got to be honest with you. I've always had a mouth on me. You know what I mean? So, so it never went smoothly because I always had some wise ass comment, even when I was like three years old. Right, right. That's very big of you to take responsibility for that. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the mark of someone who needs therapy. If someone is like, yes. you know, my dad was kind of jerk, but I was three and I was mouthy. And that's on me for being a mouthy baby. Like, are you kidding me? That's 100% on him. <laughs> no, no, don't. You got to do the whole thing. I was a mouthy baby who could take a punch. So you got to throw that last part in there. Oh, my gosh. This really is therapy. We really are getting into it, aren't we? I don't know how your other interviews go, but we are, we are deep diving. But don't you think, Taylor, at some point, whether it's, you know, the, the, the parents, the this, the parents, that, there is a reason you're funny. And a lot of times it's not a very positive thing that caused you to be funny, right? 
a lot of I'm not saying you necessarily, but a lot of comedians, they had to take take a few hits to make them so funny. Yeah, don't that you is think? my experience. Yeah. What do you think, Taylor? Right. Oh, I totally agree. But then you have people like Seinfeld who are like, I was fine my whole life, and I don't think that's true. Like, I definitely know people who had good childhoods who are funny. I don't know a lot of them. Right. Um, and the few that I do know, I resent um, <laughs> very much. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's that you need to have gone through something traumatic to be funny or if we just have to tell ourselves that to uh, feel better about said trauma. Well, but I think you, you were just talking, and look, I'm not trying to put any heat on your parents here, but they didn't, at least your tone sounded like they didn't care much uh, about your job at first, so that had to be hard to take, I would imagine. Um, no, they liked my job when I was squeaky clean. They thought that yeah, was really right, cool. right, right. When I started squaring on stage, that's when it was like, you know, I, I think they're still hoping I will return to the Lord at some point. Yeah, I think it's about, yeah, why don't you hold off like 30 years? Yeah, is that what I have to do? I have to hit 30 before they're like, okay, I think I think they're really committed to this whole no God thing. No, nah, I mean 30 years from now when you're 57. That's what I mean. I oh, okay, good. To 57. I like it. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's not going to be a problem. I should mention, by the way, Taylor also co-hosts the iTunes Top 100 podcast, Self-Helpless, with uh, Delaney Fisher and Kelsey Cook, which combines hilarious send-ups of self-help books, trends, and more with genuine explorations and buy-in from the host. It's interesting that you talk about that because I have never understood self-help books. What, I've tried to read a self-help book, never got any help from it at all. What, what is that all about? Uh, well, I don't do that podcast anymore. I should say that. Um, oh, well, it's still on the list. So yeah. I I know. I think we've had this conversation every time we've talked, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. You need to get <laughs> a bit of bio. And I think I've told you, like, you know, people are still getting that old thing. Um, but Kelsey and Delaney still do it, and I still pop in from time to time. Um, we started that podcast years ago because we were, like, you know, three twenty something white women who were just reading a bunch of self-help and we're like we'll make fun of it we'll be funny about self-help. Right, right and then of course we like bought into so much of it i think we made fun of tony robbins once and then the rest of the time we were just like you know what maybe maybe candles do make a difference in your apartment and your life like we were so we're so into self-improvement and then at a certain point you hit a wall where you're like i think i've read too much and now all the self-help is starting to contradict itself and I have to pick a side and choose a path, and I'm confused. Yeah, it makes total sense. Tell me, what, what do you? So you get to town on Thursday. You're gonna be hanging around. Uh, if you need any tip, uh, you know, tips on where to go to eat or anything like that, give Uncle Tommy a buzz. We'll point you in the right direction. But one of these days, you have to come in the studio. I've ne- we've never met face to face, but I would love to sit down and talk to you face to face. If that ever happens, that'd be great. That would be great. I would so appreciate that. And I would love any recommendations you have. All right. We'll stay in touch. We'll look forward to seeing you next Thursday and Friday. Thursday, one show. Friday, two shows at the beautiful Pantages Theater. You're going to have to tell her, seriously, the Minnesota audience loves you anyway. It's a beautiful venue. It's going to be three great shows. I guarantee it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. And thank you so much for having me on. As always, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Taylor.
Bye. Bye-bye. Taylor Tomlinson, ladies and gentlemen, the Pantages. You guys ever been to a show at the Pantages? Uh, I have. Fantastic. I not. would know if I went in, but otherwise, can't <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like you I've are. I've only yeah. been to the State Theater and the Orpheum. The State and the Orpheum? There you go. God, there used to be so many movie theaters. Mm-hmm. The Gopher Theater, where I saw The Exorcist, and my friend the dog almost fell out of the balcony because the little girl started being so vile with her mouth when she was possessed by the devil. Yes, I have been to the Pantages. I don't remember what I saw, though, but I recognize the stage. Do you think it might have been... God, I was trying to think of... I could not even begin... I wonder if you once saw Nick there. This is the... Oh. Oh, I think... I think I did go there. I think um, the they did a live version of The Little Mermaid, I think, there. I think that's true. Because it has the big chandelier in the middle, right? Yeah, but the Orpheum does, too, oh. I think. Well, then I don't know. Which I think I might have been at the Orpheum. <laughs> it's a great theater, in any case. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like suburban manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We've been waiting so long. We are back. Got about 10 more minutes of this hour. And the next hour, Car Selling Secrets comes up at about quarter after 12, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Right? Perfect. Uh, I think everybody's insane. Oh. There's a woman. Uh, this woman, Mr. Flight. Right. Oh, I heard about this, yeah. Marina Verbitsky. From Florida. From Florida, yeah. yes. A Florida, a Florida woman. Uh, her name is Marina Verbitsky. Sounds like Bilsky's cousin. Yeah. Uh, she she looks like somebody. Who the hell does she look like? 
I haven't seen her photo. God, she looks looks just like somebody. She's got really pretty blue eyes, I will tell you that. Uh, I couldn't tell you. But you know what happened? She missed her flight. And uh, because she missed her flight, she told the people. I, I don't remember why she missed her flight. There was some reason. But she told the people at the gate... Uh, this could be a problem because I have a bomb in my checked luggage. She told the person at the gate she had a bomb in her checked luggage. So, of course, they had to shut down the flight, take everybody off the plane, and guess who went to the big house? Yeah, well, and is going to get fined probably 50 grand. What an idiot. Did you hear? There was another story out of Florida earlier in the week. The cops were in a standoff with a shooter. Guy had just started opening fire, and they got him pinned in. All of a sudden, in the middle of a standoff, a woman shows up in a golf cart, naked. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yes, <laughs> reeking of naked. liquor. Reeking of liquor. Yes, she did. And then what did she start doing? She started doing some really weird. I don't remember, too. they cuffed her and they dragged her away. <laughs> I just Jesus, people in there. Well, Catherine pointed it out, and then I saw two people in the last ten days. Two women. Went through uh, security at the airport uh-huh. and stripped down to their bra and panties. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Both of them. I mean, they were young women, too. They both looked to be around 20, 22 years old, something like that. They took off all their clothes except for their bra and panties. What is the point? You know? I, I, I assume it's a rhetorical question. Nobody could come up with a logical explanation, I don't think. No, I, I think you're absolutely right about it. I just really don't understand why people get that absolutely insane. Whoops, what was that? Did Something we lose just it? Happened. No, it was me. I hit the... Well, I know, but my mic sounded yeah, weird. Yeah, mine's down, too. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Aunt. Well, mine just popped back up now. Oh. What are you doing, Andy? I'm telling Daisy to lay the hell down. Oh, does this mic sound good to you? <clears throat> yeah, they're Talk, fine. Yep, I think it's back. Yep, everything's back, okay. I just wanted to make uh, make sure what the deal is. Uh, by the way, I do want to mention this because I don't know her. I never met her or whatever, but I'm happy to hear that Amy Klobuchar is good because uh, she apparently had breast cancer and got through it. Again, I've, I've never met Amy Klobuchar. I've, I've heard her. She said a few nice things about me to people, which I appreciate, Senator Klobuchar. Never met her, but... Are you sure about that? Well, they might have been lying to me. They could have been lying to me. I don't know, but... But I think the reason she has a little tolerance for me is because her father hated my guts. It was hilarious. He, Jim Klobuchar would call me once in a while after maybe maybe having a sip, and man, would he go off on me. It was just it was fun to watch, you know, just mm. a guy going that, that off the deep end about Sounds a radio. Fun. Well, it's a radio show. It's like, calm down, for Christ's sake. Relax. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? I do. It's all true. Um, now, this death row inmate, you've seen this. He's suing. Uh, I guess you should check. Is this the guy in Texas? Yeah. He uh, wanted the pastor to touch him or something like that? He wanted to be touched when he died, yes. He had the laying of hands on him as he was dying. I, did the Supreme Court say, did they say his execution? I thought I heard Supreme something Supreme Court blocks that. John Henry yeah. Ramirez's execution. That's exactly right. A Texas death row inmate won a reprieve Wednesday evening from execution for killing a convenience store worker. Stabbed her 26 times. Hmm. That's a little unnecessary. Uh, actually, they don't, they don't make it clear it said her, but now there might have been a guy, though. So I don't know why they would have put that in there, but uh, it might have been a guy that he stabbed. But, yeah, stabbed him like 26 times. 
if anybody should get the death penalty, anybody should get the chair, it'd be this guy. You'd think. Did he give you the chair? It's always injection. I think, I think it's I always injection these they days. Do old I don't know. Sparky anymore. Well, just because that one guy's head caught on fire. Yeah. Let's that was in Florida, here. too, by the way. Not you know. the most pleasant way to go. What was that guy's name again? Jose something. I don't remember. Jose. His first name was Jose, but I can't remember his last name. He was quiet when I let him know, uh, said Jason Clark, who's the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. He shook his head and said, thank you very much. God bless you. In its brief order, the court directed its uh, clerk to establish a briefing schedule so Ramirez's case could be argued in October or November. So uh, they're going to they're gonna fight it again, apparently. Here we go. Uh, you get to choose in most states. Um, Virginia was using the electric chair until March. <laughs> Great scene in Life of Brian. <laughs> it's when they're going to crucify him, and I can't remember who was pretending to be a Roman. He goes, Crucifixion? Oh, yes. Oh, he's handing out crosses. <laughs> yeah, who, oh, and was, one of the uh, guys goes, No, no, I'm just looking for directions. Oh, he just, Oh, I'm kidding. I'm here for the crucifixion. I'm here for the crucifixion. Oh, that was Michael Palin. I think it was. He here for the crucifixion. <laughs> God, that was very. And then Michael Palin's greatest line as a member of Monty Python. They raid the castle, they break in, there's sword fights, and he stands up on the staircase and goes, come on, let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. <laughs> that, that was, at one time, one of the funniest things ever. ever. Yeah. That show, I literally used to drive in 1971, was that? 70, I think it would have been 71 or 2 when it started. Okay, 71. I think it came out in England in 69, so yeah. I think it was like 71. It took a or year or two to get over yes. here. But I would drive home every weekend from Grand Forks, North Dakota, so I could watch Monty Python with my brothers on Sunday night. Because it was, it was PBS, right? Yeah, it was Wasn't on PBS. Wasn't like the first yeah. cool thing PBS ever put on? Well, maybe Sesame Street, but a different crowd. Yeah, a different crowd. Well, that, yes, that yeah, would be a I different crowd. But that was yes. a cool thing in 19... I remember when that hit. I was, I was 12, so I didn't watch it. But my little sister lost her mind. She was like six. And Sesame Street, that was a big deal. Oh, it yeah, was a big sure deal. Exactly. Got Elmo was the yeah. most... Probably the biggest craze in the history of the mm-hmm. universe. Yep. Why don't we take a break here? We'll be back at about uh, in about five minutes. We're going to be back yes. with Car Selling Secrets. Yep. And you I have a guest. Our, I think our guest is here. We'll be back five minutes with Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> 